let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. Real Wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Welcome to Fish and Connor's Ghostbusters Retrospective. The boys will be reviewing the original two Ghostbusters films in the lead up to 2016's reboot. Sorry, Bankman. I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. What it is, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fish and Connoisseur a Movie. My name's David Pether. You can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sack of shit. Connor Hello, cunts. How you doing? Hope you're well. <laughs> you notice that, like, we swear less, right? Like, we swear less consistently throughout the stuff we shoot now, but when we do swear, it's really nasty. <laughs> it's, like, vicious. It's, like, a... Yeah, it's like, I don't know, power behind words. I think we lose that power the moment, you know, you guys think I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Okay, Connor, well, this week we are talking Ghostbusters. Yes, we are. I'm very excited to talk Ghostbusters, to be quite honest, because it's a dope film. Dope Busters. That's what they call it. That would be a bunch of people. Dope Busters. <laughs> Try arresting other people for having weed, so never mind. That's a stupid fucking joke I just made. Moving on, again. Ghostbusters, on. how you doing? Yes, Ghostbusters. So it is that time we're finally getting a Ghostbusters sequel. Yes, we are. The last Ghostbusters well, movie we saw was in one. 1989. Ghostbusters 2, 1989. That's how long it's been since there was a Ghostbusters sequel. That is fucking crazy to me. Yeah, it's fucking bananas, hey, honestly. Like... Especially seeing as, as like, it's such a big thing in pop culture as well, and both sequels are only in five years of one another. Like, yeah. that's nuts. Well, I do, like, I, I did a little bit of research. I have read that Dan Aykroyd and, um, was it Harold Ramey? Harold Ramey? Uh, Harold Ramis, yeah. Yeah, Ramis, Ramis, sorry. And, um, Bill Murray, they, you know, there have been many ideas over the years but they haven't all been a hundred percent on it i know they didn't even really want to do uh number two but they got pressured by studios and you know how that always goes down i guess it was like a, a creative thing like Ackroyd, who it's it was his original idea he didn't um he wasn't happy with anything that was sort of coming up or, or there would always be some sort of problem or bill murray wouldn't like it or you know whatever and it's funny though that now it's finally come to fruition like what I wonder what it is about this new film that made Aykroyd be like, yes, this is it. And it made Bill Murray, of all people, who's always been the one who's sort of uh, been... Well, did they agree to it is the question. Did they agree to it? Oh, I absolutely. They yeah. 100%. Uh, they're not in it, are they? The new one. Are they in it? 
They actually, I did, I didn't think they were like because from what I'd heard, I thought that Bill Murray had distanced himself like immediately yeah, from it. He didn't want anything to well. do with it. He was like, "This is bullshit. It's not happening." In fact, that's actually completely false. I put up a, a post a few weeks ago, actually on our Facebook. The cast and crew were just on Jimmy Kimmel, and really? Bill Murray goes on there saying, "Look, it's gonna be all right." I was okay with this going ahead because I know these women and I know they are funny as hell, basically. And they've seen the movie. And he even says like, he says like at the start of the film, I was watching it and thinking, hmm, how are they going to pull this off? It feels a bit rocky. But by the end of the film, apparently the, you know, him, Annie Potts, who plays the, uh, the receptionist, Winston, And, and Dan Aykroyd were all fucking apparently cheering because they were so happy with how it turned out. So, wow, shit, hey, that's, um, yeah. that's a pretty big fucking deal. Because also, marketing is a big deal, and that's probably what they were paid to do. Just be careful, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't feel like Bill Murray is that guy, though. I feel like Bill Murray is, is, is opinionated from what I know about him, and he doesn't give a fuck. I don't think he would give a fuck enough about this thing. If he's distanced himself for so long and, and not you know, had anything to do with this, you know, doing a Ghostbusters 3 because he wasn't happy with whatever and whatever. I feel like now, unless they've thrown a shit ton of money at it, which, you know, they could be. That's what yeah. this, this has happened. But it does give me hope. I, um, because this, this new Ghostbusters is copping a fucking lot of backlash. Yeah, no, the trailer's getting fucking totally shit on, like, completely, which we've discussed before. And justifiably, because it looks like shit. The trailer's horrible and it looks like an action film. With a lot of CG. Um, but again, watching over the last two, which is something we'll bring up, the CG isn't that great anyway, to be honest. No, it's dated as hell, which is, we'll definitely talk about that. Well, like, I was, I've gone on, on record saying that I, I am keen for the new Ghostbusters. I, I am attached. I, I, I love Ghostbusters. Um, this movie in particular, like the first Ghostbusters, I've seen countless times. I've seen it so many fucking times. I grew up with it as a kid. But, like, I, I am a fan, but I think in terms of my, like, fandom, I'm probably, like, a 6 out of 10. I'm not obsessed with it, but I really like it and yeah. I appreciate it and I, I think it's funny and it's a good watch. And I'll always go and see it. It's one of the, the, the few films that a lot of cinemas around Australia actually re-release every now and then. They do, like, a, a rewind. A lot of Ghostbusters stuff, yeah. And, and have a, a session at the cinema. So it's one of those classic films that you get to actually go and back and watch at the movies, which is... It's fucking fantastic. I think I've seen it like three times at the movies. And it never gets old. Like, I've, I've watched it so many times and even watched it again for this. I, like, I felt like I hadn't watched it in a long time, but it's so familiar to me. So where, where do you stand on, like, the Ghostbusters fandom scale? Dad made me watch it a lot growing up, so I kind of loved it growing up. But it's never... I don't know. It was never franchised excessively, so I never really felt the need to... You know, it's huge pop culture, but never really felt like obsessive over it mm. just definitely always enjoyed it and bill murray is always you know was a big part comedically for me um i don't know the, the, the films were never and that's what i really respect about murray and Ackroyd and ramus was that they tried very hard to keep the franchising of it of it all kind of down low it never thrived for very long which is good well it's funny because it franchised in other ways there were a lot of cartoons there were comics there was a video game which was fantastic did you ever play that no but apparently that like bill murray said that is basically the sequel that's ghostbusters 3 it's set two years after ghostbusters 2 and it's great it has like it's what i 
envisioned something being like a bit of a, a passing of the torch you know the older ghostbusters still doing their thing but they're getting old they need to move on let's give it to somebody else yeah. um and that's that's what i really want from a new a new ghostbusters movie but i now know that that is not happening in the new one i was reading the other day the other guys are in it dan Aykroyd, bill murray um ernie fuck i always forget his last name they're in the film but not as their characters that she was just fucking weird that's, to be honest to me that's like why like it's you just need a passing of the torch and then let these chicks do their it's, thing it's not going to make any sense when we see them either because this is it's now it's a reboot like now i i thought this it should have been a sequel it's not a sequel if it, they're well, not their characters it's so weird because it, it, they have they have actually said it is a reboot and that and that does worry me but in the trailer it it it, it says 30 years ago uh, a group of guys teamed yeah, up to it's, save New York. It's, it's, now it's there's a new team. So it's, uh, it's been promoted as a fucking sequel and they're doing a fucking reboot. What the fuck, man? Why wouldn't they fucking play their own characters for fuck's sake? Yeah, that makes no know. fucking like, I'm sense. Hoping, I'm hoping this is all... There's going to be some sort of like reveal or something. Like, you know, they're keeping something secret that's going to blow are all you, of our minds. Uh, like, are they fucking dense though? Like, is it really going to... Are we going to get there and they're not their own characters? Like... That's fucking stupid. Are you that bad at writing that you can't fucking write in that there are new Ghostbusters? Get fucking real, cunt. Honestly. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, can we kick on to Ghostbusters 1 before I have a fucking aneurysm, please? Yes, we can. We'll, we'll save all that anger for the, the new film, which yeah, I'm looking please. forward to still. I still really, I really like Millis McCarthy. I really like Kirsten Wig. I think these chicks are going to be so hilarious in it. It is what it is. It's something different. We can't have the Ghostbusters we want. These guys are too fucking old. Like, I was watching them on Jimmy Kimmel. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's a reason why we can't do another one. Like, have them still there as their characters. But, like, these are the new... We we were going to get a new group of Ghostbusters. It may as well be these guys. They're the SNL fucking group of this this time. You know, Ghostbusters were, you know, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and them were the SNL guys back then. It makes sense. Moving on. Ghostbusters... Another thing that I've really noticed about the original one is that it's just been around. It's always, it's always there. Like every time there's been a new fucking version of like home video, I, I feel like Ghostbusters is like one of the first things that gets put on it. Like I, it was one of the first DVDs I ever saw at a, at a um, like an electronic store. I went in and they had it on the screen. And I was like, oh, look at this interactive fucking menu in this fucking stay puff man's walking around it's like a big thing of the city and all the menu was you know different yeah. different parts of the city were different things and i was like this is so impressive i was so like keen for it and i just read before that it was the very first movie ever released on a usb drive i don't even know that that's a thing but apparently it is <laughs> ghostbusters like ghostbusters is just like i mean it is just the go-to film i think pop culture wise because it's so it can just be taken and accepted from so many different demographics and audiences for so many different reasons you know like there are a lot of things about it that just appeal for different reasons to different people whether it be the writing the structure of the story the concept um even the visual effects the cinematography is really good in ghostbusters which is something i'd like to talk about for five seconds and then um you know, then you've got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, just the, the improvisation. Like, there's a lot of different things, I think, that appeal to it. It's a really well sort of structured film. And I think that's where that comes from, because you're right. Like, any Ghostbusters is probably the film that I expect everyone to have seen. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, Ghostbusters is just the film. Yeah. There's no 
you, there's no reason to not like it, in my opinion. Everything about it, whether it's the comedy or the effects or the action, there's always something for someone there. You know, it is the film. It's well, okay I do to- wonder. I do wonder if new generations coming through now can accept how dated it is, which is something yeah, we talk about. They can because the fucking new trailer gets disliked to, to shit, and the only people like realistically people using the internet and on YouTube disliking videos are going to be within a de- demographic of about you know twelve to thirty five. Th- that's a fucking pretty young group of people. I do think for sure. I don't think I don't it matters. Know. I don't I like to be honest, I think that, you know, if a a you know, seven, eight year old who's used to seeing, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and how fucking good that looks comes and watches Ghostbusters now is gonna be like, What the fuck is this shit? I, that's what I I'm talking think- about. Yeah, I mean you're talking about much younger than what I think I am, but I mean again, I don't if a film is good it doesn't matter. It's about consistency. I've never watched a film because I was a millennial. I'm nine I'm a decade younger than you and I never ever it never quite crossed my mind, especially as a kid. You don't you don't care. I don't yeah, think that's you, I don't, true. You kind of I don't think a kid gives a shit. You're just like fuck yeah, like if this is how it is, this is how it is. A kid I, I, while a kid's you know opinion is is never going to be as um, intellectual or, or educated as someone, you know, an adult because they, they're happy just watching pretty shit go past. That also means that they don't give a fuck what it looks like. They just want to fucking be, like be appealed, you know? Um, it goes both ways. I, I do think wonder kid- though. I do wonder if the, 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 the new kids on the block these days, I'd be interested. I'd, 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 I'd like to talk to some kids and figure out if that is still a thing. Cause us growing up, we kind of, well, even you, like we went through, uh, a time where we basically went from shitty to good in terms of uh, visual yeah, effects. Yeah, CG, um, yeah, for sure. So I, as a kid, was able to accept everything. And I'm sure most kids these are, but I don't know. That's something something I would be interested in finding out about. But uh, for now, would you like to tell us what happens in Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters follows three, three bloody dickheads. Uh, professors, scientists, and they believe in the paranormal and no one else does. And then they decide to start up the Ghostbusters and they catch ghosts with some shit. And then they catch some ghosts and fucking Bill Murray's love interest gets possessed by a ghost, how convenient, and fucking turns into a dog. And fucking, um, what's his name? Chris Moranis. Chris Moranis? Chris Moranis. Um, Rick. Rick Moranis. Turns into a dog, and then the world's gonna get destroyed by a big fucking monster. And the monster is a marshmallow man, and they save the day. Finn, <laughs> it's kind of it, I guess. Well, that's what happens. They fucking—it's in the title, people. They bust ghosts. <laughs> they fucking start a business hunting ghosts, and then there's a big ghost at the end, and they stop that motherfucker too. Finn, Finn, <laughs> F-I-N. What's the um the actual? Is it Zoran? Zool. 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 That's it. Yeah. Zoron. That's fucking Power Rangers or something, I think. Okay. Well, look, we've already kind of touched on it. I'm going to start this review saying this is a fan-fucking-tastic film. We've already gone and saying it's a great film, but we have to be cunts and pull it apart. So that's what I'm going to do. Sure. The big thing that stands out, obviously, is that this is a movie from 1984. The visual effects do not stand up. At least the CGI doesn't. No, they, the CG doesn't at all. The dog, like the dog, when it's like running after Rick Moranis through like Central oh. Park and stuff, it's like <laughs> it's like I'm sure at the time it was fucking incredible, but like now it's just like wow, it's it's hard to sort of uh, not notice 
that. Yeah, um, I think I think that's one of the one of the very few flaws this film has, and that is that the CG didn't hold, and that's okay. Um, like I can still look. It's thirty years old. Yeah. It's, I'm not. I'm not going to judge it, it too harshly on that. But it is something that stands it. out. Like if you if you're being critical, you can really notice that the the film CG isn't very good. And I mean, it's not the whole way through. Like I think the what are they called? The fucking the the gear they use. I forget the name of it. Proton pack. Yeah, you know that looks alright. Like I think yeah. I think that always has always looked okay. But it's more um, the beams and stuff coming out of it. I feel like yeah. you know the, there's it's more parts when like they're covered in like electricity or something like that. It kind of looks a bit lame. But I'll tell you what does look good in the CGI is Slimer. Slimer looks great still. Yeah, I, I think, it, and that was something they did really well. And this is what I'm talking about. While some of it doesn't hold up, you've got stuff like Slimer, who is the most memorable ghost ever, mm. and um, yeah, he looks great. I think he looks fantastic. You know, there's those aspects, and then they just get kind of fucked by kind of some worse stuff. But I mean, again, was the budget huge for Ghostbusters? I don't think it was. I think it was. Oh, it was. I think it was for the time. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's it's an old film. And if you look at other films it's from the, it's thirty years old. Yeah, like it, you, it should it should be dated, and that's okay. But it does stand out. But I will I will say one thing though, and this is a testament to some of the films that we're getting these days, is the practical effects for the most part are fucking on point. As fucking usual, because if you are in the film industry, it's if you can get good practical effects, they will always be better than CG, always without a doubt. And this is yeah, a- if you can do it right, and and for the most part, this movie does. There are a few times where it, you know, it doesn't. It looks like a, a puppet or whatever. But the one scene that stands out to me the most is that first part where they're going to see the librarian, and all the the papers and shit are just flying out of the fucking out of the yeah, um, the filing it looks cabinets. Great, hey, it looks so it's good. It's incredible. Like I'm like I don't even know how they did that <laughs> and then the uh, the eggs jumping out yeah. of the the egg carton and cooking on the on the thing like that. I'm fairly sure that's practical. It looks fucking incredible. It's one of the things I remember the most about the film, actually, is that moment. I think the only weak thing, again, is the dogs. They definitely just look like a big puppet, although a very cool-looking puppet. Like, you can tell when they've cut to from the shitty CGI, and then it's just, like, sitting there and, and like... (laughs) Yeah, there are... It's... There's still moments. It's it's a mixed bag. But again, like the the CGI itself doesn't really hold up to what it should. But that's not what Ghostbusters was ever about. It was never really about the ghosts, to be quite honest. Well, it was more it was more a comedy for sure. And I, I think that's one thing that we'll talk about with Ghostbusters too, is is I've read a quote from Bill Murray saying that in that movie it wasn't as successful because it was more about the special effects than the guys. Whereas this movie is is very much more about the the characters for the most part, or at least Bill Murray. Well, no, it's about <laughs> it's about all of them, and that's really important to bring up. Is that one of the reasons this film is is so popular is because it's fucking like it is just a improv improv goldmine. Some of the best lines in this film are improvised, and the dynamic these three have are just it's just phenomenal. Like. Well, fucking... You think so? Yes. Are you fucking kidding? Yes, I no. do. It's fucking no. awesome. And when I was watching it last night, I was like, this is fucking great. I love it so much. I fucking love Dan Aykroyd for one. Dan Aykroyd is just the absolute shit. I think I like Dan Aykroyd more than I like Bill Murray. But... Really? Yeah. Because Dan Aykroyd writes really well. I like his writing. I Look, I, I have to disagree with you on that part. Like, I feel like this is the Bill Murray show, which isn't a bad thing because he's really funny. But I feel like the other two characters sort of get pushed aside a lot and we don't get as much 
from them. And I feel like the dynamic that you're talking about isn't there for me. Um, for most, like it's still good, but like I, I just don't feel like I'm watching Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis doing their thing. I feel like I'm just watching Bill Murray be funny and them sort of reacting. No, I disagree. I thought it was great. And I mean, like, yeah, Bill Murray is definitely the the backbone of it comedically. But Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, they wrote the whole thing. This is their film. And I know that. And when I watch it, I'm like, fuck yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. Because it's fucking hilarious. This film is so funny. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't actually written for Bill Murray. It was written for John Belushi. But then John Belushi he died. died. Yeah. Um, and John Candy was supposed to be in it as well, but he didn't want to do it. And he was supposed to be Rick Moranis, this character. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm... I'm glad Rick Rick Moranis is in because he's fucking excellent. Well, they fucking did but well, didn't I, they? Like, they chose well. <laughs> yeah, they chose really well. But, like, I, I also read the guy who plays Winston. He was originally, that character had, like, a much bigger part, like, and a big backstory and everything because, like, we, he definitely gets fucking shafted. He's just, like, he kind of rocks up and... And and that's kind of his character. He's just there for a paycheck, and that's and I was fine for that for the most part. But like he has said that he's pretty disappointed because he was supposed to have a bigger part, but then on the first day of shooting, he got a new script, and the studio wanted more Bill Murray. And I can definitely see that. I feel like Bill Murray overshadows everything in this film, and it kind of like watching it back this time. It it, it annoys me to a, a certain extent because like I I really want to know more about the other guys, but it to like I said it it's just like a Bill Murray vehicle. They just don't get as much screen time, and I, like I, it's funny that you said that Dan Aykroyd's your your favorite uh, character in it because like I don't know what they're trying to do with him. Aykroyd He's, isn't Aykroyd is my favorite character in this film. Aykroyd is just. Comedically, oh, just Ackroyd in general. Yes, is okay. I enjoy him more. Well, that yeah, he's he's a champion. But I don't know what they're trying to do with his character here. He's kind of a loser, but then he's also kind of cool at the same time. He's meant to be. And look, I agree because one of the things I'm very well aware of, and I think anyone who watches this film, it's not a secret that this film is indefinitely more about Bill Murray than any other character. And that's very obvious. And the same, you're right. Dan Aykroyd's character doesn't really have much going on. Um, Howard Ramis's character, Egon, is meant to just be weird as fuck. And Bill Murray's... He, he just fi- figures out the tech. He's like the yeah. Donatello of the group. And Bill Murray, don't you dare start making fucking Ninja Turtles references. We're not reviewing that film yet. Um, and the, I'm just kidding. And then, um, you know... We already have. Fuck my ass. Oh, wait, have we? Yeah. Shit. Um, <laughs> at, fuck. I've, we recorded this early, um, but um, <laughs> the the fucking I don't know. You're right. Bill Murray is obviously the most important. Then next to that is Rick Moranis. To be honest, he is the second most popular character in this film. If you realize, there's a lot of screen time for him. But they fucking yeah, him and Sigourney. Yeah, and they well, they're they're significant parts of the plot. So and they do it well though. This is the thing. Like they do it well. They, I, mm. they, the whole time, I'm like, yeah, they're good. They should have gotten more screen time because they're fucking awesome. They, yeah, absolutely. They were fucking great. You know, oh, damn, I, I wonder what would happen because it's obvious that, you know, they really underused, I forget his name, the fourth Ghostbuster. They're really- Winston. Winston. Yeah. They really underused him. That's very obvious. And you can tell that he's been cut out a little bit. But again, you never, like, I never wanted it to be any other way watching the film. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. look, for this, for this particular story- uh, for what we got with this movie, no matter what it was supposed to be or how it could have been or whatever, 
his character in this is a guy just looking for a steady paycheck. He comes in, does his job and goes home. So for what he does, it's fine. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the sequel, but I, I think in this movie it works. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I think one of the other things I, well, look, I just, the improv, man, that's what I want to talk about. Like it's just fucking amazing stuff. The dickless line I think is amazing. (laughs) It's true. Dickless here. This man has no dick. And again, one of my, the best lines is when they're telling the mayor, Fire and brimstone, death and screaming and despair. Dogs and, Dogs cats, and cats living together, together in harmony. It's oh fuck, I love it. It's just so good. Again, Bill Murray. She's like, let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Yeah, I fucking. It's just great. Like the script in this is phenomenal, and it's very obvious. And it's such a memorable film. Like, let's be honest, this film is. It's so there are so many aspects well, of it that it's the quotes that really bring it to life, and you gotta you gotta thank Bill Murray for most of it, and um and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis for creating such a great world to to allow improv like this. Yeah, I guess these guys were kind of the Judd Apatow back then. It's the SNL crew; they're doing their thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, watching it back because I'm sitting, you know, sitting here with the fish and Connor goggles. Murray's character is a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> Yeah, he's a fucking wanker. He's such an asshole. And even when he's hitting on Sigourney Weaver, it's like super like creepy the way he's doing it. Like he's it's almost like stalkerish. No, I agree. I think it's a little fucking weird, to be honest. But he does it in such a way that you're just like, ah, that's just Bill. <laughs> because know? he's fucking awesome. Like again, like he's, he's just Yeah, look, I'm not criticizing mm. it. This is just I'm I'm noticing it because I'm looking for shit. He's sometimes a little too sarcastic, I feel. Like, especially at the start of the film, I'm kind of like, stop being such a sarcastic piece of shit. But then I also like, he's so deadpan in, like, reacting to ghosts and shit. He he, he just, like, (laughs) you know, he just sort of, like, stands there and kind of doesn't know what to say. Yeah, I love it. jokes about it because it's his way of dealing with it. And he's the protagonist. That's what I really like is that we have a protagonist that has a, a, a defined personality. You know, like mm. they're not, he's not plain and bland and his reactions to stuff are genuine. And he's really like, he feels like an asshole, sarcastic, wankery, 40 something year old bloke who's just in it for money. Cause he is like, his whole character is about marketing and shit. And I don't know. It was just, well, he's the, he's the one who ends up wanting to go into business. And this yeah. is one thing I, I thought um, at the start of the film is like, it makes sense for Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis to be scientists because they, you know, Dan Aykroyd's obsessed with paranormal. Harold Ramis, Egon fucking is the tech guy. Yeah. They have their kind of reasons. But I, I sort of was like, why does, why does Vankman need to be a scientist? Like he should be like a used car salesman or, a, you know, a cable TV host, which he becomes in the second one, which I thought was really cool. I, I guess the only reason that he's a psychiatrist is that, you know, later on when he's talking to... Uh, Sigourney Weaver when she starts floating and has the demon inside her and all that. <laughs> I feel like that him being a psychiatrist, he's able to you know sort of deal with that and the way he talks to her and brings her down and things like that. I think that works for that. But for the most part, I, I almost would have liked if he was just not a scientist. No, I like I like that he's a psychiatrist. I have to disagree. I think it adds again adds a legitimacy to what he does while he's only in it for money and he's he's in it for the market like there is still like a level of commitment from his character to his friends and to kind of what they yeah, but do. But he, he doesn't need to be a scientist to do that. Like, he I could mean, just be, these are his friends, you know what I mean? The only, li- literally the only reason 
I see for him being a psychiatrist is is for that particular scene when he's talking he, to Sigourney. Is Weaver. he is Peter Venkman a psycholo- psychologist or psychiatrist? Can't no, remember. There's a big difference. Psychologist, I think. Pretty I sure think he's, he's, a he's not a scientist. He's not a fucking scientist. Psychologists aren't scientists. They just study human behavior. I think that was the whole point, and that's what I'm talking about. Is like he's psychology arguably from a few people is seen as a pseudoscience you just you're just analyzing someone's behavior and critiquing someone's behavior don't quote me on that and bill murray's character he's not really a scientist he doesn't really do anything much like his prior career like he's just there he does he does say it though back off man I'm a scientist. Yeah, and that's I think that's the joke again, is like he's fucking not. Yeah, right. And that's that's the whole thing. If he was like if he was at the same level as Ackroyd or Egon, like Aramis's character, then yeah, I would agree. Why the fuck would that sort of person be so clueless? But he's not. He is not at all. He kind of just has these friends. He's clearly the not the you know, the most educated of the lot, but still gets by. I think because he's still nerdy as fuck. Like he's still a geeky dude. Oh, definitely. Like he's still like he's he works at the fucking university yeah. with them as well, doesn't he? So yeah, and he's a doctor. Yeah, Doctor Vankman. I really like. I I really like. I that think aspect. it's really cool though that he is the driving force behind the Ghostbusters. Like he's the one who says, "Let's go into business. You guys have got this thing. We can capture a ghost. We could do this." His, his character has a full one eighty at that point, and that's where I start to like him. Yeah, no, I agree. He, but it, you know, again, like he's always had that. There's always there was always that like, all right, you know, I'll do it. Like he comes, he goes with them to the ghost place. You know, he go to the, to the library. At the start. He goes there. He does that. He fucking hates it. You know, he's not happy, but he still does it. And he, he he's kind of trying to feign that sort of arrogance and that sort of like, fuck this. So I can, I can really value and appreciate that. You know, that's, I don't know. But again, one of the things that these listeners need to be aware of as well is that we have watched... Ghostbusters 1 and 2 prior to the, this review at the moment. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that I will basically be agreeing with you right now that you're saying about number two. Okay. So I think that's probably where that, that may come from for you as well because that was probably, that'd be where it came, would come from for me is it's... Uh, no, it can, not, it isn't actually. No, it's not because I, I couldn't really remember number two and I'm, I'm going off my notes of Ghostbusters 1 at the moment. Yeah, oh, okay, um, This is shit I've written down. So it is legit. <laughs> Fair call then, yeah. I, I just thought it was funny that he in number two, he does become basically what I thought he should have been as a cable TV host. We'll talk about that then though. Well, you, you wanted to talk about uh, cinematography. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's fucking awesome. It's like typical 80s cine and I think it works really well. This film is a comedy and I think one of the things that are severely undermining comedy films uh, is the cinematography. No one really pays attention to it, but... It does add a lot to it. And, like, I, as a kid, even remember certain shots in this. One of my favourites is still them walking down with the first time with the with the reader, the meter. Yeah. Analyzing what's going on down there, like the ectoplasm and stuff. And it's just this one dolly shot that, that is in front of them following back. And I think it's just fucking awesome. And I was watching it. I was like, man, it just looks so good. Like, what a cool shot. And you know, there's the, the the you know there's the shots with the visual effects and st- the the special effects, sorry, that look legit, and it's it's from that cinematography as well, where it's a big wide shot, very typical '80s, where it's all everything is quite wide. But again, like it just it's really fucking cool. Like they did well, and I'm really impressed. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely got that '80s feel about yeah. it, which I really appreciate. And sometimes I just I just prefer that look. Yeah. And that's 
you know, this is a, a very much a product of the 80s and, and you can definitely feel it in the cinematography. While we're talking about a technical side of things, I do want to rag a little bit on the editing of this film. I feel like at some points it's, it's, it's really slow paced in terms of um, like the action. It's just like it's, it's parts where I feel like, especially when we're doing like the montage of them, you know, when they're, they're being very successful and it's all really upbeat music and they're sliding down the poles and doing all that sort of things. Like some of the shots I feel of that run for a little bit too long and they're not as energetic as I, I kind of have come to expect. Now, again, 30-year-old film. At the time, it was probably like, fucking, wow, man, adrenaline. But, yeah. you know, these days, fucking everything's cut incredibly quick so true it was just one thing especially that I, I noticed coming through this time it just it just feels a little bit slow in terms of the energy at times yeah no i agree i think it's again it's an 80s thing i don't really feel it but i've seen ghostbusters so fucking much i don't know about you but i've seen this film shitloads so it's almost it was almost just like reciting poetry to me watching it I don't really notice the pace. It is a 80s film and it has that 80s pace to it, which is that it does, it is not fast paced and it's not over the top. And I, I feel like it wasn't really trying to be again. And I just think that comes from Murray's character and the dynamic they all have because they are a bunch of old dudes and they're meant to be old dudes being old, trying to do yeah, shit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It does, it, it just slowed it down a little bit for me. But saying that, that not a whole lot happens in this movie like well it does but like it's most of most of the 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 ghost busting happens in montages yeah like we were talking about before it's very much more about the characters and you know bill murray and and how they're sort of dealing with life as ghostbusters and and he's trying to get a chick and you know all that sort of thing but even like that final scene where um you know they they encounter zool on the top of the building and the stay puff man comes which is all fucking awesome like it's, you talk about cinematography, the way all that's shot is just like wow, man! Like so incredible. Um, the Stay Puft dude coming down the street is is such a cool Looks thing. Cool, yeah. But they don't actually do anything to the Stay Puft man. Like he doesn't come and fuck shit up. They they figure it out before the end of that. All they have to do is cross the streams. You know, it's a pretty it's a pretty easy finish yeah. to the end of the film. Which I look, I'm not really. Again, I'm just I'm I'm picking things apart because I'm doing a review right here. I don't really have too much of an issue with it, but it does it does just finish it wraps up real quick. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Well, something I was going to bring up is that while this film comedically is very funny and it's just so it was probably very groundbreaking with the things it was trying to do and it was there's a lot about it that works really well. One of the things that doesn't is as a as an action adventure film, it does fall flat. Mm. The ending is it just ends. It just it builds and builds and builds and then it just ends like out of nowhere. Mm. Very typical comedy film as well, doing that, just wrapping it up into a nice bow. It is. And it's also a very typical kind of like hero film. Like we've talked over it over and over it again. Like a lot of the superhero films is build, build, build with the villain and then they just kill them at the end. Yeah. Shit ones. Yeah. And you know, this film isn't shit, but it definitely, you definitely do notice that. Like it does have that trope. You're just like, as soon it's, as, but, as soon as they sorry. get up top to the, the, the penthouse like the, the top floor on the roof I'm like okay this film's over now like there's nothing I think it's only 10 minutes that they're up there hey yeah, like it's, it's not, not long, long at all it's at not all. a big it's not a big conclusion but in my mind it's always been such a bigger thing like the Stay Puff guy coming I've got this fucking great poster that some um, just like a, an original artist did 
like a fan artist and it's it's like a silhouette of the four guys on the street as the Stay Puff dudes at the end. Like uh, you can see like the big silhouette of him, but they're actually on the street. And I was think I, I was just thinking to myself the other day, I was like, wouldn't that be a fucking cool scene? Like this giant Stay Puff dude towering over the Ghostbusters. I would, I would really like to see that. But again, 30 years old, they didn't have the technology that they have now. I'm sure we'll get plenty of that in the new film. Yep. Um, we even get a little bit of that in Ghostbusters 2 with the Statue of Liberty. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, it, it is, it's a product of the time and I'm fine with it. Yeah, true. I agree. And I mean, like, again, whether that be because of like roasted colored goggles or anything like that. And I did watch it trying to analyze the film, but it just was, it was something I noticed but wasn't bothered by, you know, like. Uh, that's, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Like I... I have to reiterate, I love this film. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm picking on it because I have to. And of course, <laughs> of course, fucking Rick Moranis and Sigourney, Sig, Sigourney, Sigourney, Sig, fuck, Ripley. Sigourney Weaver. Fucking Rick Moranis and Ripley were fucking great. I love them both. Rick Moranis is just so funny. Like, every time I watch him, like, fuck, he's good. He's, he is so great. Man, that scene where he is getting chased by the dog. It's terrifying. scared the fuck out of me as a kid. It's still very scary. Like when he goes up to the, to, I, I love that shot through the window of him screaming of yeah, that restaurant. So Everybody's eating. He's like, help, help, help. And then he gets taken away and then they just go back to eating. It's like nobody helped him. Yeah. He was like that close to safety, but couldn't quite get there because nobody gave a shit. Yeah. No. It's always stuck with me. I had nightmares about that shit as a kid. The dog in the fucking closet. Oh, I never used to be able to open like my closets at home. Mine was always the start, the the ghost at the start, scaring. Oh, the librarian. That that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. That never bothered me actually. Rick Moranis screaming. That never was an issue. That bit. Oh really? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just it's just again a, a a testament to the cinematography and how it's it's all put together because I I just think it's a really good. The only thing that takes me out of it now is the shitty CGI. Like it's still a it's, fantastic. It's a scene. fucking awesome bit. Like honestly, the film is so well executed. Like stuff like that is awesome. It's just so well paced in those moments, and you feel like fuck, this is fucked. Like how are they doing? Like it's terrifying. Even now I watch yeah. it, like, it's terrifying. And that's something that I I really appreciate. You know, because yeah. I love my horror films, and but I also love horror comedies. Like this is, I feel like this is the type of movie that I've it's made for me because you know I love Adam's Family. I love shit like that. Anything that is like a little bit of a dig at the horror genre, but can still have a little bit of tension and and make me go away just even a little bit scared by some things. But then I'm laughing later on. Uh, there's something about that that it's the the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And if they can nail it like they do in this film, it's it's a really special thing. Yeah, and you're right. And look, oh man, this film. I'm just happy. I'm just watching it. I was giddy. I fucking rented it from the PlayStation Store because I had no other way of watching it. Yeah, actually, I bought it on iTunes. I got a double pack for twelve bucks. Yeah, I do have it on DVD, but it's back in Townsville. So fuck you, Townsville. Look what you done. Um, well, like we're saying, like this this was a movie. It was a product of its time. Actually, in the day, like we're talking about the special effects and stuff. It it was um, up for an Oscar for best effects. Fucking hell! And of course, up for an Oscar for best original song because the Ghostbusters theme is still one of the best songs ever written. It is. Good time. So look, it made a splash back then. They actually, I don't, I don't know how much it used to happen back in the day, but it was released in 1984. It fucking like destroyed box office, and then 
they re-released it in 1985, so a year later. I I don't know how often that would have happened. It definitely doesn't happen too often now. Not at all. Unless it's for some sort of special occasion. And it has been, you know, re-released in 4K. I think they're going to be running maybe one and two. I'm not sure, but definitely number one. They're going to be running it for a few weeks in certain cinemas before the new Ghostbusters comes out. It's one of those movies, it can just keep being played and people will keep enjoying it. That's it. It's fucking great. Look, let's wrap it up, yeah? Let's. I fucking love this film, man. So good, still good, still great. It's got, it's got its issues, like minor, the visual effects are a little dated and it feels a little slow, which you're right. And the endings, you know, just kind of ends, but it's fucking Ghostbusters, man. And it's the fucking best, fucking best. So good. I don't know what to tell you. It's just fucking phenomenal. <laughs> fucking Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Howard fucking Ramis, Chris Moranis. You're all fucking Rick Moranis. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> it's fucking good. Four out of five. Yeah, look, I'm there too. I can't, I can't stress any more how much I like this movie. I've, I've watched it over and over and over. It, it rarely gets old. The only thing that has affected me is watching it for this fucking podcast because I have to pick things apart. And I have. There are things in it that stop it from being the perfect film that I think a lot of people think it is. And uh, maybe that's the reason why I haven't been the hugest fan over the years. But like, uh, not when I say hugest fan, I wasn't obsessed with it like I was with Jurassic Park yeah. and Ninja Turtles. But it's it's fun. It's a great genre mash. The only things that are really missing from it to me are the character moments with the side characters like Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Like Harold Ramis has like a romance with yeah. the receptionist. Yeah which that never amounts to anything. <laughs> like, nah. it's just like he gets a kiss at the end of the film. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Dan Aykroyd and his obsession about ghosts. Like, he has a dream about a ghost giving him a blowjob. Like, that just kind of feels out of nowhere <laughs> in the way that this movie is sort of thing. But because I know from reading things and, and watching the sequel and, and all other sort of things is that he's the guy who's obsessed with, with ghosts. I feel like they didn't go enough into his character in this one. Bill Murray kind of takes the spotlight a little bit too much for me, but if anyone's going to take it, I'm glad it's him because he's a fucking good time to watch and his deadpan approach to everything is enjoyable. I give this a four out of five as well. Papa bless. What a fun week Papa we've bless. had. Fucking good times reviewing old school films. What's next week, Fish? Well, we got Ghostbusters 2. Woo! What a fucking coincidence. How eh? cool. So, Ghostbusters 2, like we were talking about, it was the Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman, the director, didn't want to do it. They made him do it. It obviously isn't as successful as the original. Yeah. Um, I hadn't, I couldn't. I don't actually know if I'd properly watched it yeah. before watching it for this, which is really funny because I re like, like I said, I've watched the first one countless times, and I I remember them being in the sewers, and that was about it. So going back and watching it was something something really cool. I've just always had in my head that there were no sequels, even though I knew there was this one, but because there hasn't been any since, I sort of felt like it, it like. You know, it stops at Ghostbusters. So it was kind of nice to go back into the world. Yes, son. Anyway, fucking follow our fucking shit on fuck Podbean and iTunes. And do we talk about the other one yet? Yeah, we got Stitcher. We're on Stitcher as well. So anybody who knows that one, it's a really great app. 
for Radio On Demand. You can find all our episodes on there as well. It's a great check, app. check us out on all three of our fucking places to be. How? Fuck off, hey. Just listen to our shit. All right, thanks, guys. Play the music, fish. Boston makes me feel good. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fishing Connoisseur Movie. Fishing Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Ghostbusters, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Ghostbusters is performed by Ray Parker Jr. fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by dickless here they caused an explosion is this true yes it's true this man has no dick <laughs>